Hello, everybody. We are here. This is LA Theater Bites Podcast, and I am here with Nathan and Genevieve, and they are the writers and the creators of Les Mis and Friends, a puppet parody that uh, apparently it, it premiered in Orange County, but now it's coming to Los Angeles to the Hudson Made Stage Theater. Tell me a little bit about yourselves. Let let everyone know a little bit about who you guys are um, and why you, I mean, you could parody anything, but you chose the <laughs> Les Mis. Uh, we sure did. Uh, <laughs> uh, hi. Uh, well, thanks for having us. Hi. Uh, so, um, uh, G and I, she goes by G. G. And he goes by Nate. Yeah. I'm glad we just introed each other. He goes by Drew. Um, <laughs> wait. Wait. We did indeed. Uh, we took. Uh, we decided to take down Les Miserables uh, for a couple of reasons, mm-hmm. um, uh, and not necessarily because we hate it. Um, but, well, but because well. We, uh, it, because it's so loved. It's such a like a, it's a very perennial, revered. Yeah. yeah, revered musical. People put it up there and they're like, "What are the greatest musicals of all time?" And it, I would be surprised if it's not in most like popular five pop, top five yeah. for people. And generally speaking, when it is, uh, you know, when it is brought up, people do say that it is one of those untouchable ones, right? Yeah. That it is flawless, that it is it's perfect. Uh, their favorite thing and nothing can be wrong about it. But if yeah. you look at it from a writer's perspective, mm-hmm. uh, I think both G and I find We're a lot like, of... <laughs> wait, <laughs> yes, hold find on. A lot of those things wrong with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and some of them are, are, some of them are kind of obvious um, uh, plot holes and some of them are just the natural uh, like, flaws of taking a, hey, a massive that? book and condensing it into a musical. I just think one of my biggest ones is like, hey, that guy's been singing for a long time. Did anyone ever say his name? What's his name? Uh, nope, nobody, nobody knows. Okay, so even those like really basic one-on-one things that you learn in you know third grade when they're like, write a four-sentence story. <laughs> so and you're like, name your characters for God's sake. Uh, and, yeah. So yeah. so we decided that was the one yeah. uh, worthy of our our ire. Mm-hmm. Our ire. Good yeah. lord. Um, one of the things that um that we we did when we targeted the show was we tried to not treat it like the way a lot of parodies are treated. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of musical parodies out there that are, they, they sort of just, you know, they'll, they'll take a character and decide that it's, uh, that character is the opposite gender now for no reason. Mm-hmm. Or uh, let's take this famous song and make it about lasagna instead. And it's not really commentary. It's just sort of, uh, yeah. Empty jokes, uh, and we didn't want to go that path. No, we we yeah. we found it much more interesting to go on the satire route, which was commentary on the work, uh, commentary yeah. on the characters and how they behave and their goals and what they say they want, as well as commentary on the writing of the plot and the way it's set up, um, because it's historical fiction. It's based on uh, Victor Hugo saw the battle that it's about and he decided to write essentially historical fiction about it. But just even the narrative as a story is like, uh, not a hundred percent there, and so when people are like, "It's an amazing book," it's like what nine hundred pages? Uh, well, yeah, well, pages doesn't matter. Uh, it's how many words? Six hundred fifty thousand words. That's a lot of words. <laughs> um, uh, and so. I just think, but we also recognize that it has a lot of value and that it has good moments in both the the book as well as the musical. And so a big thing for us as well as comedians is to punch up rather than punch down. Um, so we didn't take on something that 
it's very easily to be like, well, yes, of course, that's garbage. Um, so I think we do a fairly good job of saying this is what's good about it. And this is why people like it. And this is what we should all everyone keeps turning a blind eye to this. But we should pay attention to this. Yeah. And our, our hope. Well, and, and you know, we did the show two years ago originally. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, we think that uh, it pays out that um, people who love Les Mis don't walk away angry at us. Right. They, right. they still get the parts of Les Mis that they love. Yeah. And we deconstruct the parts that uh, have problems. So it, it, it really is good for the, both crowds that love and hate Les Miserables. Yeah. And I, I would say that the amazing thing about us working with, because for the show, we have humans and puppets. Yeah. Uh, it starts out as a human production of Les Mis, and the humans are doing Les Miserables and with the, all of the sanctity and beauty of Les Miserables. And then it turns out that one of the, the, the lead actor is missing, and so a friendly little puppet shows up, and I was like, I know the show, I can do the part. He doesn't actually <laughs> know the show. Um, and chaos ensues, but... I would say the amazing thing about working with puppets is that puppets are real life cartoons and they can get away with anything. Um, and so we can say more harsh jokes and it's more palatable to an <laughs> audience, as well as we can get away with some silly things like triangles are fun, right? And it still right. makes sense um, within the logic of what puppets slash real life cartoons would say. And so you get the lighthearted comedy of what puppets are, but also some real world points that maybe you wouldn't want a human to say at you. So right. yeah. it's a fun thing. And, and the puppets also give us the lens through which to, to look at the yeah. limits because they're, they, they are uh, brand new to the musical. They don't know it. They're seeing it for the first time. So mm -hmm. they're able to point me you or know, raise their hand and say, um, why doesn't this make sense? Uh, which uh, me as an audience member, you know, I always wanted to ask that in the middle of watching sure. <laughs> any production of Les Mis. So and yeah. it's, it's nice to be able to do that because you, uh, we as a society are starting to go back to things that were so revered, like Harry Potter, like the young Younger generation is like, are these amazing? First of all, they are amazing. So, yes. Um, but that like, entire conversation took place within <laughs> your head in the span of five seconds. Um, but we, uh, I, I didn't necessarily grow up with Les Mis. I grew up with musical theater, but Les Mis was not brought into my life. And so I actually saw it for the first time as an adult, and I felt the same way about it as Nate did, where I was like, what? What is this? Everyone's like, this is the musical. Blah. So we're bringing that to everybody, hopefully. <laughs> that that skepticism, I guess. Yeah, no, but it's important. I think it's important because I think sometimes, especially when it was made a really long time ago, a lot of times people put uh, not just hey, it's not just musicals or art, but almost anything. They'll they'll look at the past and be like, oh, this this is. I wish things were like it was this way at this yeah. time. <laughs> it was perfect. And why are things being changed? And why are things yeah. evolving into another thing? And I think it's important. It's an important uh, job, maybe, for comedians because often comedians are the ones that have to kind of, you know, kind of dance on that line of being mm -hmm. able to cover things that a lot of times other people just can't cover. And the tr and I've always I've always said this, and I believe it. Uh, comedians are the are some of the rare people that can cover everything. But if you're going to cover yeah. it, be sure you're funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We, oh God, I hope we sure, are. If you're not we, sure, we, and I'm not, I'm not talking about you, I'm just talking about comedians in general. Oh no. No, we, we forgot. We just very controversial. controversial. Did you check the Are We Funny box? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, oh no. God. We better go back. Oh no. It's tough uh, to figure, tough to no, figure it's, it out, right? It's perfectly true that <laughs> a lot of things. Or am I not funny? You well, that's, I mean, that actually brings up a, a really funny story about when we first mounted this. So, oh, no. uh, so just history. So we, oh, no. we first did this two years ago uh, in Orange County uh, yeah. and 
and when we did it then, you know, we had just written the scripts. It was just yeah. G and I oh, like, in my house testing these things out. And we did. We had no idea. No idea. If funny or not. Uh, and yeah. we, you know, we ended up getting a, a pretty big cast. Um, that show had a larger cast than this yeah. version does. And we were just terrified because we we knew that this cast was potentially going to not think it's funny yeah. after having been cast. They didn't. They hadn't seen a script. No. They signed up because they kind of trusted us. And they yeah. knew us a little bit uh, from our histories. Uh, yeah. And uh, and then after our first read through, a couple people were honestly like, like you know what? Uh, nope. This isn't my kind of humor. Nope. Uh, gotta go. <laughs> and we just were like, oh God, I bet you every week we lose three people. It's going to be so. Um, but actually, it wasn't. And we ended up selling out every single show for our six week run in Orange oh. County. Um, yeah. And people, the audience, we had people email us and post on our social media being like, when are you bringing that show back? I need to go back because. I would say about 20 to 30% of that show is improvised. And so even if you see it three days in a row, it's going to be a different show almost every night because we'll go based on what audience members say. Because we'll say, like, what do you think happens next? And we'll and whatever they say is probably what we'll do. Um, and so it, we come from an improv background. And yeah. we, as performers and as actors, uh, sometimes you get bored with doing the same thing over and over and over again. And so we made sure to keep that live uh, improv feel for it so that people could come back and see it so that we always like doing it. Um, and we found different, uh, different parts of it when we did the show. Like for example, um, Nate and I double as the Tenardiers, um, which are a married couple in the show, the raucous, like we on the inn. And we were like two or three weeks into the run. Mind you, Nate and I had watched a bunch of different versions of the musical. We watched the movie. We watched everything. <laughs> I know where this is going. We, yeah, I know you do. We were in the middle of the show. We'd done probably eight performances at this point. And someone was like, uh, somebody, either an audience member or a cast member said, oh, um, Eponine is your daughter. And I, as Madame Tenardi, was like, we don't have a daughter. And the whole show stopped. The audience totally laughed. The cast members started laughing at me on stage. Nate was like, we have a daughter. Eponine is our daughter. What? <laughs> and it was so the beauty of us doing improv is that sometimes even as the writer, you learn things about the show that's, that's three been, weeks into the run. That I, I'm sure that's a very compelling argument for why people should come see our show. Oh, yeah, come see hey, our show. Hey, these writers don't know crap about it. That's right. You can watch the writers ruin themselves on stage. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the theater, uh, if I remember correctly, you guys did it at the Maverick Theater when you went the original run, this uh, you know in Fullerton. Is that where That's you did? That's correct. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm one of the uh, the co-owners of that theater, mm -hmm. uh, so I uh, I tend oh. to direct one show there per year. Um, although that's dropped off in the last three years Hooray! since I had a child. Um, <laughs> so thank you. So mm -hmm. it gave me a lot of opportunity to sort of um, uh, put my own twist on shows. Uh, I've written a, a couple uh, and it was obviously the natural place to do it the first time this came around. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that So that was two years ago. And then as soon as the show was done, we literally got like the golden phone call yeah. from uh, New York producer who wanted to take us to Broadway. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. It was, yeah. He, he it, like, read a review uh, yeah. that was from the OC register. Okay. And he, he, I, I knew him because um, I'm from the puppeteering world and puppeteering world on a certain level is very small, actually. Uh, the people that are at the Henson Company, the people that are at Muppets, the people that are at uh, Sesame Street, 
uh, I would say it's probably in the country less than 60 of us that all kind of know each other and he's part of that world. And so we were mutual friends on Facebook already and I posted some stuff and some other people from the puppet world were posting about our show. And so he contacted us. Yeah. And we were we were like, this doesn't really happen, right? This right? like no. back, back in the back in the 30s, that's when someone's like, Yeah, hey, I'm gonna take it to New York and make a famous kid. Like that's not a real thing that happens anymore. Nope. So but you know, you know, we, we kind of vetted him out. We're like, is this real? We we flew to New York, we met with him, and it, it all seemed legit. And um and for for literally for the last two years, yeah. like every three or four months, we've been on the verge of opening. going and opening off Broadway. Yeah. Um, but in the end, like uh, the producer, like uh, he he, uh, he like he had a couple contracts and it, they just never lined up quite right. Uh, and eventually, he kind of moved on to some larger projects and he couldn't give us the attention that he needed. So he he gracefully backed oh, out um, yes. and said, I, I, you know, I, I can't focus on this. And uh, so, oh no, what was that? Are we okay? Yeah, no, I'm listening. Oh, I'm, he's I'm, lamenting. I'm just listening to your <laughs> story. Oh, I it's thought you were going, like, what? I'm just, it's just like show business. Like, they pull you yeah. and they kick you. You get excited. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm just yeah. Like, oh, it was, it was, I was feeling so hard. It was. Yeah. It ripped our hearts apart. He, he, he was like, I really want to do this. But he was starting to get really big essentially and he was like i just i can't give you the attention that i think you need yeah and, and he was so, a little worried about um about whether or not there would be legal issues with him uh being part of a, a parody a parody yeah um, so anyways long story short is that as, as soon as he um ultimately backed out we said all right we're doing this right now we're doing and it right so now we right. Uh, we're mounting it in, in los angeles and the we got a couple other um, producer eyes that uh -huh. are uh, potentially interested in biting to seeing how depending mm -hmm. on how the los angeles run goes so yep. There's still hope that these puppets are going to head off to New York sometime yeah, soon. Yeah, uh, we always have interest. So, and we rewrote um, about 40%, maybe 50% of the script. And we've got about, we have a few actors from the original run and we have a few new actors. Um, and so even if people have seen the show before, it's a totally different show yeah. and now. And we're super excited to do it at the Hudson stage. Yeah. For a show like this that includes puppets and stuff like that, when you're trying to pick the right actors for the parts, how do you know who's going to work for a, a show that's completely almost done with puppets? <laughs> it is, it, it is how tricky. Do you know <laughs> how do you weed them out? How do you how do you weed the right people into your, uh, uh, into your people? We do. We have to do a singing audition as for well sure. as a, a you know a normal uh, scene audition. Mm -hmm. But then we also do a puppet audition, and we put yeah. puppets on their hands, and mm -hmm. we we hope for the best. Uh, some people have experience, and we and you can tell instantly. Some people, when you put a puppet on them, and you know yeah. how they talk, you know how they move, we're like, good, awesome, Boom. that guy's got it. Yep. Others, um, you kind of look for the potential. Potential. Um, usually, especially with uh, because we're doing a musical, musicians, a lot of people have had experience playing guitar or piano. So doing intricate movements with their hands that piano yeah. takes time and skill to learn and um, being precise with your finger and hand motions. And so people that have that experience are actually more inclined to be able to learn how to do puppeteering work because it is a very intricate skill with your hands and your arms. Um, and so we give them a little bit of this is, hey, okay, so this is how puppets work and this is how their mouth work and how lip sync works. And we essentially see if they, even if they don't nail it, which most people probably won't, if they have the ability to kind of understand and then put that into physicality. Yeah. Um, and so we found a few. And, and uh, like this, it is, 
it's probably the hardest audition casting call I yeah. think I've ever been a part of because it's you're really asking for a triple threat that most people don't exist as. Yeah. You know, like no one is a puppeteer and an amazing musical theater singer. No one is a puppeteer and a, a, an amazing improv artist, you know? Uh, and we, so we need people who could sing like they were legitimately yeah. castable in an actual Les Mis, people who could puppeteer uh, to, and be uh, noticeably uh, perfect in that yeah. capacity, also be able to improv and also be able to ask. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a it's difficult a tough thing. Because uh, especially, it's not like musical theater where it's like practice dancing, practice singing, practice acting. You know you're going to use all three. We're asking for, hey, can you sing and act, but can you also improvise and puppeteer, which are usually different breeds of human. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> comedians and improvisers are different breeds and puppeteers are different from all of that. And so we are looking for people that were like, hey, did you watch Avenue Q growing up so you can sing, but you also kind of like puppets um, and you can improvise a little bit and are funny? Uh, or did you like Jim Henson growing up and did you watch the Muppets and like put a sock on your hand and like do weird things in your room? We're looking for you. Um, <laughs> and so it's a weird combo. And yeah. Nate and I, Nate, Nate has his background in theater and improv. Um, mine was musical theater. And then when I became friends with Nate, I joined improv and he brought me into the puppeteering world. And then we just kind of- And then you went on far more than I And had I went on in the, in the puppeteering world. Um, so I, from there, went to puppeteer for Disney Junior live on stage. I puppeteered, uh, I currently puppeteer with uh, Henson and working with Brian Henson and Kevin Clash, who was the original Elmo and a bunch of people up there. Um, and then Nate, has gone on to do amazing things like writing. Um, Nate has written a book. Books, plural. Got a, no. got a novel coming out later this year. Hey, what's year. that novel called? I was, I'm not here to plug that, but I, I know I'm glad they will. Uh, my, my book is called Nottingham, and it's a, it's, a, it's a historical fiction based on the Robin Hood legend, which is based off of a play I wrote seven years ago. So the point is, is like we, we both came from really random parts of like writing and puppeteering and improv and musical theater. And like I, I was a music major and he was a theater major that also did specialized in theater tech. And so we combined all of these skills that we both had to make. A, a strong team because where I have blind spots or, or less than abilities, he definitely has them and vice versa. Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing to hear all these things that kind of meshed and work together. But what's even more amazing is, and what I'm curious about is like, so you guys were very interested in puppets and then all of a sudden you guys want to do puppets, but like, do you just, did you guys just have like, both just have like a natural like talent for puppeteering? Or did you have cool? <laughs> Or did you, uh, or did you just look in a mirror and just do it enough times where you're like, I'm ready? Like, um, how, how does the, boy, how do you get to a fluency in puppetry? I, I don't. Go your history and then I'll give mine. That's a it's a really good question because how do you how do you accidentally find out that you're um you're, you're able good to at puppeteering? Do yeah. Um, yeah. I had got I had started getting into puppeteering in theater. Um, a couple of years before we did our first puppet um, show where I had started implementing um, what I, what I'll call uh, giant puppets. Like I, I did a production of treasure Island and a production of the Hobbit in which I had certain characters um, be giant manipulated creatures on stage. So we had a, a giant spider, we had a dragon, we had all these massive like 
15 foot trolls. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that got me kind of into the world of, of manipulation. I mean, puppeteering is still the right word for that, but it's uh, when most people think of puppets, they think of something that goes on your arm. Uh, but th this was quite large puppets. So mm -hmm. I started into that world um, and found I really liked it. Uh, and then I had a buddy who was who had an idea to do a show that had puppets involved. So I paired up with him. And then a, a third friend of ours who was already a puppeteer, yeah. puppeteering trainer at, uh, at Disney. Disneyland. And so he kind of taught uh, me and, and my partner then mm -hmm. to uh, how to start puppeteering and to see if this was possible. And then um, we went on from there and it worked. <laughs> yeah. And it was uh, great. And so they, they did that show and I at the time was performing at Disneyland and uh, my friend was like, Hey, I'm in a show. She was also performing at Disneyland with me. She said, I'm in a show. It's really funny. It's got puppets. And so I went to see that show that he was talking about. And I, my jaw fell to the floor and I was like, I need to be part of this world. It's so funny. It's so crazy. I've never seen anything like this. And, um, so I joined and the, so that's how Nate and I met. And um, I, the boy that taught him was named was Danny Montooth. And he is a just above brilliant technical puppeteer. He really knows how to manipulate and can, and uh, give his soul into a puppet, which is a really weird skill and a very difficult thing to do. And he just nails it. So he trained me. And then I actually flew away. Uh, I, I, Joined the Ringling Brothers and Barnum, Barnum and Bailey Circus. She literally joined. So I the literally she literally ran away and ran joined away the and joined the circus. And I went away for two years and I did the circus. And then I came back uh, and as right a clown. When I, as a as a clown and uh, and a sketch writer and a stunt performer for Ringling Brothers. And then when I came back, Danny uh, Montooth, the boy that we were talking about earlier, was like, "Hey, we're having auditions for Disney Junior Live on stage. That's where I'm the technical like puppeteering director, I, a specialist." I know you know how to puppeteer because I trained you. Come audition. So I auditioned and I got that job. And so I was now puppeteering for eight plus hours a day, five days a week for years. And I was getting the best puppeteering training from Danny Montooth and another boy named Art Vega, who's from the Muppets. And he was also a, a specialist at Disney. And I was working with people that were from the Muppets and from Henson and from puppeteering world, like top notch because it's Disney. And so they were like, you've got potential. And from them, I got an audition to work at Henson. And so I started puppeteering at Jim Henson and then started working with Brian Henson and Kevin Clash, who are obviously very good puppeteers. And mm -hmm. so at this point now, Nate had been puppeteering for like, I, I, I would say now where we are, you've probably been doing this for like 11 or 12 years. Yeah. And I've been puppeteering for probably eight years uh, or nine. And we've both now just progressed and it's a very physical thing it's also a very emotional you have to put yourself into the puppet it, it will read if you don't it takes every ounce of your physicality and emotional acting ability and meanwhile we're doing improv every week too so yes. I, run, I run an improv group in my mm -hmm. at, at the maverick theater um improv improv in fullerton and so we performed um every single week uh, twice a week back then uh, once a week after my kid was born yeah <laughs> Um, but so same thing. So we were doing, we just had uh, the, the grilling uh, ordeal of doing uh, improv nonstop and puppeteering yeah. nonstop. And sometimes even in, in improv, we would have puppets uh, on stage mm -hmm. to perform with the humans. So uh, it was a natural progression that after all yeah. those years um, of having not done another puppet show, like yeah. we started with uh, back in uh, 2011, um, when the next time I had an opportunity to, um, to do a show at the Maverick, G and I kind of looked at each other and said, let's, yeah. let's do one of these. We haven't we, done one in a while. We had like done that thing that sometimes comedians and improvisers will do. We hung out after the show, after our improv show. So it's like one 30 in the morning and we were both like, ah, I kind of want to do another show. I want to do another show. Me too, me too, me too, me too. And then we started brainstorming about ideas. And then Nate goes, 
uh, one day he goes, hey, there's an opening at the theater in six months, like at the Maverick, do you want to do this? And we were like, okay, like tell, tell the world we're going to do this. And so it put a fine limit or like a, a, it gave us a deadline. Yeah. Like we're going to do this. This is no longer, I wish I want to, maybe, maybe, maybe. We were like, okay, we got six months to write and direct and produce a show. Let's go. Um, and then it happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it didn't like, oh, and then it happened. You know, you know how theater just happens. It like, <laughs> just happened. <laughs> yeah. So it, it just, uh, it came out of two, two idiots hanging out in a parking lot after a comedy show. Going, yep. Do you want to do something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of wonderful things happen that way. Yeah. <laughs> I need a project. What do you want to do? What do, do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, like as far as the uh, the the actual puppets and stuff like that, and the creation of the puppets, um, that that seems like that must be one of the hardest things to do. The actual creation of all these puppets and um, to actually create the so you can actually put it on into production. Who's actually creating these puppets? Are you guys creating the puppets? Are you sewing sewing them in your house and getting them all ready? How how does this happen? Uh, uh, the 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 puppets are, are one of the only things that we we, we found do. out. Um, yeah. So we 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 had a, a couple of different puppet builders online that mm -hmm. we approached. Um, some, some um, art did some. Um, yeah. I had some, we, we've used a company before in the past. Uh, and then I said, Hey, for like the more designed puppets that we, we ourselves would like to, to design rather than look at people who have built puppets and say, can we have that one, that one, that one. Um, I've had a few built by Art Vega, the boy that I talked about from Disney and the Muppets. I had right. a few built by my friend, Chris, who's also from Disney. Um, I think one or two were built from Pat, my friend, Patrick, who's at Disney. Um, so we asked, the, the best puppets are always going to be made by puppeteers because they know how they're supposed to move and be handled. Not all puppets are made by puppeteers. Some are built by puppet builders um, that are exclusively that. And so we've had this little eclectic combo of yeah. people and companies that have built our puppets for so, us. So all the main characters are are custom designed custom by designed, our friends. Yes. And then the the rest of the cast we filled out. You know, we, mm -hmm. we, we, uh, we bought puppets online, some of them yeah. on eBay, some of them from yeah. random places. Like, if we, you know, if we need a character to stick their head in for five seconds and yeah. say, oh, we're all going to die, we didn't want to pay yep. $400 for that puppet, yeah. right? So, I know um, that a few of mine um, came from, I did a show at IO West, which is now dead, but it was called That One Puppet Show, and I did it with Art, Art uh, Vega and Danny Montooth, and so we had a few puppets that were built for that show. And so then when Nate and I were like, oh, no, we have 25 people in our cast. We need to put puppets on everybody. Uh, we kind of both went into our garages and we're like, what do we have? What do we have? Blah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah, the puppet, even though we only have nine performers in this show oh yeah there are i believe 25 puppets that are in, in the show. cast um and wow. puppets are well-built yeah. puppets puppets that are actually decent um will run anywhere between i would say 250 on the very low end to 800 depending on what they can do and how big they are and what you need and how well they're built um so please come see our show so expensive to make why do these characters in France sound like they have English accents? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is one of the most common questions. Yeah. Right? From those from one of our uh, our yeah. videos we put out. Yeah. Um, again, one of the uh, biggest foibles that people say is that uh, hey, Les Misérables perform with English accents. Uh, it's yeah. in France. Oh, we actually don't make a big deal out of it in the show, no. um, which is why we put it in our in our um, promotional material yeah. because we don't want to reuse any jokes. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we we don't we just don't make a big deal of it either because it's um, we we got meatier things to take down. Yeah, we do. But I will say this: it was an active conversation that he and I, that Nate and I, had when we were mounting the show for the first time. 
regarding the because with puppets you're obviously doing voices it's a lot of voice acting work because you can only do essentially maybe one voice per puppet um and so i would say nate's lead role uh is more or less his natural voice and then yeah. my uh my lead role is more or less my natural voice the second af after after she comes back with the vest on because uh, the first one is not um but when we play the Tenardiers, we actively, when we were messing around with voices, we were like, we should do them with French accents because they're supposed to be French. Their names are literally Tenardier, yeah. which is a French name. We started, the first time we did it, we tried it with Cockney accents. And, and we were we like, said, why no, are we doing this? this is so weird. Yeah. So we. Which is what everyone does it, uh, yeah, yeah. on Broadway. They're always. On Broadway, the if you watch. Cockney accent. Yeah. If you watch any, the film version, if you watch any version, definitely, at least the Tenardiers have Cockney accents. And we're like, it's French. So our Tenardiers have French accents. I mean, there there is, I mean, there is a, 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 a psychological answer for that, yeah. which is true for movies too, in, in which uh, if, if you, like our, our minds, when we hear an English accent, yeah. that, it, it feels like older to us. Yeah. Whereas when you, when you hear, like when you do like a, a French accent or a Russian accent or a German accent, it sounds like that person is, has, um, has a dialect, has a dialect, has a dialect. Accent. Yeah. so it sounds like that person is not speaking in French, but they're actually a uh, a French person speaking English. Yeah. So by doing English accents, I understand it. That's what ha in the musical sure. and the movies, I, I get it because naturally we we take that to feel like their native language. Mm -hmm. um, this weird psychological thing that we. However, I do. Through. I cannot for the life of me remember which comedian says it, but it's one of my favorite comedy bits. It's not my bit, but it is another comedian that does stand up right. about it, where he says, "I can't wait for like two hundred years in the future when medieval times." is actually about like the LA riot wars. And those those people are not gonna escape the way history approaches it. Cause it is gonna be this gang and that gang and they're all gonna have British accents because <laughs> Uh, that's the way that we remember history. So it'll even be like, oh, well, here we are in Los Angeles about to have the LA gang riot wars. And that'll be the Medieval Times show in 2250. <laughs> so I, I can't wait to see that one. So many shows that go on all the time in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Why should they come to your show? This is something you've never seen before. Definitely. Uh, like uh, the uh, the the closest thing people can approximate it to is Avenue Q, but it's something so completely different, different than that. Uh, like this this is a uh, it's a parody that has hearts, which is extremely yeah. rare. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's just a, a version of comedy that, that we, we don't see out here. Yeah. Um, I would say we, the good thing is, is that we hired people that can sing. This is not just a bunch of idiot comedians like ah, ah, ah. this, we hired amazing singers. And the last run that we did, I had people tell me, and I'm sure told you, um, I laughed and I cried, uh, during this show that has puppets in it, uh, which is kind of this rare combo um and i would say it's a really good time uh you are gonna walk out laughing you're gonna walk out saying i've never seen that before we we make fun of ourselves a lot we make fun of the audience uh we make fun of puppets in general and musical theater in general um so if you're looking for something to make you laugh in this really kind of crazy time that's going on this is going to be the show it'll make you feel sappy as well as crying from laughter and if you want to be hipstery about it you'll you can say that you saw it before i went to new york, you saw it before I went to new york. Whoop, so, very <laughs> la <laughs> yeah. les miz and friends a puppet parody will be playing at the hudson main stage theater april 5th through may 11th every friday at 8 p.m every saturday 3 p.m and 8 p.m 